This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria interviews Mary Schneider, the author of Vision for Life, 10 Steps to Natural Eyesight Improvement. All parts of the body need exercise for optimal health, and the eyes are no different. Vision for Life presents an approach to eye health for people with 20-20 vision who wish to maintain their perfect vision, as well as people who see poorly and would like to improve their eyesight. Clients of the Mare Schneider Self-Healing Method experience their own capacity to bring about recovery, reversing the progress of a wide range of degenerative conditions including eye disease. Based in part on the established Bates Method of eyesight improvement and in part on his own professional and personal discoveries, Mare Schneider's pioneering approach has helped thousands of people successfully treat a host of eye problems including near and farsightedness, astigmatism, lazy eye, double vision, glaucoma, cataracts, macular degeneration, retinal detachment, retinitis pigmentosa, and nystagmus. This revised edition includes a new chapter on children's eye health and new research and exercises for specific conditions, for example, glaucoma and nystagmus, near and farsightedness. Mir was born in Ukraine and moved with his family to Israel at age five. Both of his parents were deaf, and Schneider was born with severe vision problems. After undergoing five major unsuccessful eye surgeries, doctors pronounced him permanently legally blind. At the age of 17, he discovered the work of American ophthalmologist William Bates, who devised a method for natural vision correction through various eye exercises. Schneider started training diligently, sometimes up to 13 hours per day, and saw results very quickly. Within six months, he could recognize objects. Within a year and a half, he could already read without glasses. He would eventually improve his vision to the point of being allowed a driver's license, which he still holds. Recognizing the need for countless other people to improve their vision naturally, Schneider created his own vision healing program, which is now practiced by millions of people around the world. In addition to vision therapy, Schneider has a PhD for his work in muscular dystrophy. His books are bestsellers and he was listed among the top 10 most inspirational Israelis. Meet Mir on self-healing.org. Here is the interview with Mir Schneider. Welcome back, Mayor Snyder. 
It has been a long time since we talked, not that long, perhaps uh, about four months ago. It was eternity. <laughs> yeah. The first question that comes to mind really is about the challenges and the changes in 2020 that we have faced, all of us. So my question to you is, what lessons have you learned from the challenges and changes in 2020? Well, as for this one, I'm still learning, but one thing is uh, clear to me, and this is that um, there is great Zoom fatigue right now with most people. I am so happy you are recording me on Skype and we're not really uh, looking at the screen, but people are so tired of uh, Zoom. And truth of the matter is, the eyes are very tired and also the uh, body is very tired. And I think it's very important for people to remember some of the eye exercise that I'm teaching, which a lot of it is to look at the distance. The more we look at the distance, the better it is. And the more we go outside, and I understand that here in San Francisco, it's nice and warm. And some places uh, back east is kind of cold. But you know what? Even when you're cold outside, even if it's raining, and even later on when it's going to be snowing, it still is good to go outside, take some breath of fresh air, look at the distance, wave the hands to the side, relax the lens, and First of all, think about your body. So for example, just before I uh, am interviewed by you, I worked with a wonderful mother in Luxembourg with a kid with muscular dystrophy. And uh, of course, I would have preferred to touch him, but I almost felt like she he's being touched with her through me. We spent two hours of massaging him and stretching him in uh, many, many different ways. And the one thing I've done for myself that she really appreciated, in the middle of our wonderful work together, I went outside and did the wonderful exercise of sunning, where I closed my eyes and I moved my head from side to side and my pupils constrict as I face the sun and expand as I move away from the sun. It took basically something like 15, 20 seconds. And then my eyes were not as fatigued looking at the screen. Now, I also have a big screen. But what I'm saying is people have to understand that you have to get your eyes out of that Zoom mm -hmm. many times. Does it make a big difference <laughs> having a larger screen? Because of my, because of my vision, right. uh, it does. And uh, I would say that computer screen is better than tablet or phone because you have too many things happening in a small space and the bigger the space, the better. But also it's good if people move their eyes uh, around and blink. I mean, I'm really happy that we have our recording um, uh, not uh, on, on the screen but uh, by Skype. And the reason why I'm so happy about it is that it leaves place for people's imagination uh, in terms of how we are, what we feel, how do we look right now. Uh, there was a time when there was radio and not TV in terms of 
listening to things. Still, there's nothing can actually replace radio. Nothing can replace papers as well. But nothing can replace radio because then you close your eyes and you imagine. When things are in front of you in the screen, there is much less uh, put on your imagination. I agree. Ben, when I was teaching this wonderful woman, my name of Vanessa, to work on her wonderful kid, basically, I felt that at least I, I worked my imagination in understanding how does this touch versus that touch feels to the kid. So something was there, and I think imagination leads to creativity. And we stifle a lot of creativity due to the fact that we look at the screen all the time. And I'm wondering if there's a connection between imagination and intuition. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. And there's a connection between boredom and invention. We'll talk about your book, uh, some of the topics in your book, Vision for Life, 10 Steps to Natural Eyesight Improvement. And I focused on step seven, shifting. I love the way you talk about details and that we have lost that too. There are more than 4 million people in this country alone. And add to it uh, at least... Uh, another 80 million people worldwide with macular degeneration. And there's two main kinds. One is called the drusen, where you basically have um, all kinds of uh, tissues in front of the eye. It's basically gunk. It's all kinds of cells that the eye did not clear uh, that doesn't allow you to see well. And then you have membranes, and then you have bleeding in the retina, and especially in the macula, which is the most precious part of the, of the retina. And all of that starts with one thing, boredom, but not the way we're talking. People try to escape boredom rather than sink into it and see what comes their way. Because of people being bored and they don't look at things, you know, if you were right now in an orchard or in a jungle or among trees or look at waves, most likely you wouldn't be bored looking at them. But when you go to the same supermarket a hundred different times and all you care for is the specific can of corn that you want to pick from the shelf, uh, you start to not be vigilant and you start to not look at details. And here is where macular degeneration begins, because we're not looking enough at details. I want to tell you that uh, my partner these days, uh, Jean, is um, uh, uh, very interested in details. So often when I walk with her, I said, look at these birds, look at this cat, Look at this dog. I'm sometimes getting crazy from how many times I need to look here and there. But the result is I'm looking. And that is the basic discipline that I was giving to myself from infancy. But the best story on, on working the macula in my book was actually my own daughter. You know, um, my kids were born with cataracts like me. And... At the age of uh, two weeks, her lenses were removed 
I want to tell you, it was never an easy decision when it came to my son who was born first with that problem, but it was already an easy decision for me to decide to do with her. And uh, when her lenses were removed, few things happened to her. One lens became, uh, sorry, one pupil became very small and one was very large. So she was light sensitive with one eye and not seeing well at night with the other eye. So a left eye that has, has small pupil uh, is the one that was looking in, in, um, in the daytime and saw better. Well, one thing that I discovered with her is that when I would block with uh, obstructive lenses, means just glasses like Harry Potter glasses with a little black paper in front of them instead of an eye patch, so she would have her periphery. I would block the left eye and have her look with the right eye. She would see signs, she would see people. But the main thing is when we looked at flowers and at petals and asked her to count them, she counted 200 petals in less than one hour, uh, one minute, sorry, 56 seconds. And she had 200 petals. And when I reminded it to her, that was when she was eight and 10, but I reminded to her when she was 15, she says, Daddy, I, I did not follow my count. I said, that's exactly what the macula is doing. Subsaccatic movements that constantly move from area to area to area. And the result is we are vigilant and we look. You know, the opposite is really happening to uh, so many of us. We stop being vigilant and we stop looking. How can you ever be bored in the jungle looking at birds, looking at trees, looking at um, uh, fruit? But here in modern life, we can be bored with everything. And in fact, with time, we can be inhibited from looking if we feel that what's around us is not beautiful, is ugly. And that's why we need to create very nice surrounding around us. But we also need to find a way to enjoy nature and to go to nature all we can, basically. Mm. And that is the best healing we can have for the macula. That makes so much sense. But for some reason, we have been programmed to live in a different way, in a more mechanic, robotic way. Absolutely. And I, I want to tell you, the big thing about my daughter is that her she doesn't have her lens. Uh, in that time, at the age of eight weeks, uh, sorry, at the age of two weeks, they, they take away the lens so she would look at details at the age of eight weeks uh, through contacts. Um, uh, so she doesn't have a natural lens. And she sees without lenses 50, uh, about 75%, 2050. Um, of what most people see. And with the lenses, she sees almost 20-20. And I could say the same thing about my son, except he sees with his lenses better than 20-20, with his glasses, you know, so they wear glasses. So what I want to say about that is that uh, they bypass the fact that they don't have the natural lens, without which your vision is basically 10% vision, and maybe even 5%. And they see 100% vision. And the reason is that they learn to look at details. And this is what we're losing these days with not paying attention to our surrounding. We're also losing our periphery, but that's a whole other story. 
you talk about meditation, how important it is in breathing exercises too. So anyway, if we talk about that issue, let me give you a good example of what happens to us. For example, there was one, the best case I had of macular degeneration, uh, a person I worked with was macular degeneration. In that time, I was 28, so I thought he was an old man. I'm getting closer to his age. I don't feel that way anymore. But uh, he was 73, and he was hunched back, and he had laser treatment that caused him a lot of problems. He saw everything eight times. Now doctors are denouncing the treatment as they're doing many injections. But I think that's uh, also one of these days is going to backfire. But anyway, what happened is um, I his vision was 2400, which is 5%. And then he saw everything eight times. So I worked on it, the fact that he was bent a lot and got him to stretch and we were able to straighten his back, which allowed him to have much more blood flow to his head. And I'm very proud I could do it at the age of 73, you know. But then the next thing was, I asked him, what have you done most of your adult life? And he said, I was looking at medicine bottles and at prescriptions. I said, okay, that means you looked a lot from near, all the time from near. And I said, okay, we've done many other exercises, uh, uh, resting the eyes with palming, doing exercise in front of the sun with sunning. But I said, look at the distance for two hours a day. And he was resting his eyes. I even saw him uh, taking uh, the streetcars and putting his elbows on what's called palming stick and resting his eyes. But he did look for two hours a day at the distance. And San Francisco is beautiful and saw many other cities. And he was looking from top of the hill down to the bay. And guess what? Within three months, his vision improved to 2025. 95% of 2020 started at 5%, finished at 95% within three months. Why? Because he got more blood to his head and he changed the direction that his eyes were behaving. And that's what I want to tell to everyone. Prevent macular degeneration by looking at details. And when you do that, you're much more alive. It's like you meditate all the time, the details that you're looking at. And you're not just staring at them. And that really caught my attention, that step. I have to go through the other ones, too. I do really like the um, blank one. It makes a lot of sense to me. And there's another one, vision and body, the connection between everything's connected, from my understanding. But let me ask you a question for those who don't know, Mayor. How did you come to this understanding and discoveries, these methods you have on self-healing for vision? Well, I was born to deaf parents, and I was born with cataracts, and I had five very unsuccessful surgeries uh, from the ages uh, uh, four to seven, and I was known as the blind son of Ida and Abraham in the, in, in the deaf club in Tel Aviv. And uh, I was reading Braille's, and at a certain point, 
I wasn't really happy with the fact that uh, I have such a great visual disability. And I remember myself going to physicians and asking, is there any solution to my situations? And they were very kind and they said, no. And then um, I met a high school dropout, a kid at the age of 16 and a half who picked up uh, some translation of a couple of books from the Bates Method to Hebrew and have shown me eye exercises. And I've done them so diligently. I've done them through high school for between 13 to 16 hours a day. And my whole family was against what I was doing. And the result of what happened was that my vision started to develop. I remember the first time I could see a letter uh, with magnification. And then I remember the first time I could see letters without magnification. It was a whole story. I threw up when that happened. Uh, and, um, and then I was able to start and discern details. Today, by the way, I have an unrestricted driver's license, uh, and I'm already driving for 38 years. And you mentioned this in your book, we talked before, it's about changing yourself internally as well. Well, we could try methods, but we need to believe in ourselves. Yeah, you said in your book, it is hard to heal if you resent your life. So you talk about internal changes and emotional advancement. One thing that I said in my book, uh, Movement for Self-Healing, and I would like to tell you that I encountered it just before our interview, is the love of my grandmother to me. You know, I had a deaf, deaf mother. Her mother loved me so much. And um, uh, she lied with me in the hospital uh, bed when I was so scared of where I was and the surgeries I went through that, by the way, became very unsuccessful. And now I saw a mother of a wonderful kid, muscular dystrophy, and, uh, uh, and his mother loves him so much. She would massage him every day for a couple of hours. She goes with him to the best practitioners. Uh, she basically decided there's nothing in the medical treatment to help him in any way. And look what happened. Um, uh, uh, people get better when they encounter amazing amount of love. So that's another factor, right, Mayor, that helps us. The commitment to do it and the people around us. We have to have a lot of support around us. You know, in my book, Awakening, where I basically ask from people to build a support group, basically. Um, that's why we uh, basically suggest from people to get three or four books to give some to their friends so they could meet as a group and have uh, support to each other on a weekly basis, just like there are discussion classes, philosophy classes, that could be movement and philosophy of movement classes. And I really think that this is a very important thing. So if you look at the principles of natural vision improvement, the beginning of it is deep relaxation. Then there is adaptation to different light amplitude and frequencies. The sun should not be bothering people as much as it does. 
but it does because we're wearing sunglasses and we're indoors all the time. I, my heart is broken when I'm seeing ophthalmologists encouraging people to wear sunglasses indoors. It's crazy. Uh, I think I can tell you that the fact that I had dark glasses have weakened my eyes, and when I adapted to the strong sunlight, my eyes became way stronger. So uh, also adapting to the dark of the night. We don't have night these days, and it affects our pituitary gland. It could lead to cancer, but it definitely weakens our vision. That needs to have much more night. And I think we have glaucoma out of lack of night vision. And then the, the next principle is looking at the distance because so many people lose their their eyes to their lenses to cataract and doctors think nothing of cataract surgery they just remove the lens put an implant instead everything is nice and dandy except the one thing i can tell you about it it weakens the eye and it's never good to lose something you have and the lens is a very important part of your eye so if you look at a distance and you don't have cataract, do it 20 minutes a day in intervals of four and six. But if you do have a cataract 40 minutes a day, it can diminish it. And it creates wide distance because when you look from near, the lens becomes convex. When you look from far, it's flat. And then I talked about the principle of looking at details that we mentioned, that we need to look at, I mean, the, the uh, macula sees only uh, a percent and a half of all your field. So you need to look from area to area. But the fovea centralis is a half a percent, fovea one-tenth of one percent. You have to look at many, many areas and then you put them together in your mind. And the next principle is expanding your periphery. Because, you know, people look at smartphones. I looked at, I stood near one lady as she was looking at a smartphone because I was about to give a lecture in a library. And when she ordered her coffee, I asked her, do you notice me? She said, oh, now yes. Yeah. Well, I stood near you for five minutes. Did you notice me? I said, no. I said, can you imagine? What happens if she went to the jungle and looked at us <laughs> that way? Yeah, true. So, uh, so, then, uh, so then the next principle is balance use of the eyes, because quite often we overuse one eye and under another eye. The next one is balance use within each eye, and the next one is body and eye coordination. Very important because uh, many people lose the function of the body as it should be and lose the coordination between the body and the eye that is developing so thoroughly between the body and the eye and the brain. Last but not least, is more blood flow to the visual system, which comes with better activation of the eyes and better blood flow to the head because of loose neck. Because of the tight neck that so many people have, um, if you look at our president, he always looks with his head down. I'm talking about the, the current president, right? Head down. That's so bad for the neck. You don't get enough blood to the head. And so what we need is to get much, much more blood into the head and not getting it can cause strokes but can also cause most eye problems that exist from glaucoma to retinal problems and especially macular degeneration but uh, also uh, many many problems that relate to bleeding of the retina so what i really suggest for people is to work on the necks 
And for that, you have to work on the whole body and to work on the eyes. You just mentioned the nine principles for healthy vision. The number six, balanced use of the two eyes. So we do have an eye that's weaker than the other. It's my case. So how do we discover that? What's the best way to know, Mayor, which eye is strong and which one's weak? Well, in my book, I also had eye charts. All you have to yeah. do is put an eye chart yeah. 20 feet away from you or 10 feet away from you. Yep. Close one eye, close the other one. You discover which one is stronger. And then what you do is, uh, I suggested there, and uh, we do it here, you put glasses with obstruction. It's like you put uh, black uh, construction paper around one lens of uh, dark uh, sunglasses. You remove the other lens, and now your eye, which is weak, is the dominant one and the strong one, and it looks. And you can play with it ball. For example, you can throw a ball, clap your hands and catch. You can play ball with another person. You can play ball against a wall. And so you can start and activate that eye. Uh, you can also look at buildings. You can also look at distance. And then you work with both eyes. I paid attention that the most I can wear those glasses successfully is 12 minutes. The most my daughter could do it when she was a kid is an hour. The most she can do now is 20 minutes as she's 27 years of age. But uh, the brain can resist using your weaker side. But the more you use it, the more it's all connected. I just know it from my work with, let's say, polio patients. You know, physiotherapy have trained them to use their stronger limb because quite often the limbs were uneven. Why did they do it? For a good logical reason, for the fact that they wanted them to cut vegetables, to drive, and they neglected the paralyzed leg, the paralyzed arm. Well, I always worked with the paralyzed area. Sometimes I only gained 3% mobility. I always gained something. And sometimes it was 65% mobility. And what happened is within 20 years after the uh, major problems of polio, you saw a situation where uh, most polio patients had uh, basically collapse of the system with post-polio. And uh, the reason is there was overload on the strong areas that to begin with were not that strong and not balance. So that's what happens with our eyes. That's what happens with all of our system. Uh, we need to use the weak parts of our body so it will work with coordination with the strong parts of our body so then they will work together. Just yesterday, a physician who will come to me for sessions told me, hey, sometimes I don't see anything. Doctors tell me there's no problem with me, but sometimes I don't see anything because uh, I'm, uh, everything collapses on me. I said, well, you're straining a lot. And she said, from childhood, I'm using much more one eye than another. That is such a typical situation where you overuse one eye and you understand you do psychotherapy, right, uh, Valeria? No, I'm a writer. <laughs> I love it. So anyway, um, but uh, basically, uh, many times people use one eye and forget another one exists. 
basically. How do we know when we are straining the eyes, Maya? What are the signs? So we stop blinking and we stop paying attention to the periphery. So when you look, and before you know, you look at that point that says uh, Skype, we look at some letters and you don't know there is a ceiling, you don't know there are floors, you don't know there are walls, that's exactly when you know that your eyes are straining. When your eyes feel dry, it means they're straining. It's such a, um, a shallow thing to do to take drops to get rid of the dryness of the eye. We need to do something else. We need to loosen the middle back, loosen the neck so more blood will come to the eyes. So your book, Vision for Life, is not just for those who have uh, vision issues, but also for everybody else who wants to improve and maintain their perfect vision. Right, Mia? Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't wait until you have vision issue. We have a wonderful chapter for computer. We have a wonderful chapter of how to uh, do eye exercise with kids in a game form. Uh, and what I'm really proud about is I'm talking about how to prevent vision problems, but how to work with vision problems. For example, uh, in one short volume of a little bit more than 200 pages, you learn how to overcome nearsightedness, farsightedness, astigmatism, cross-sightedness, but also how to overcome neurological problems with the eyes, how to overcome problems that uh, uh, we mentioned, like macular degeneration, but also retinitis pigmentosa. So you learn so many things to do, and one small volume can allow you to do all of that. So the 10 principles that we have mentioned, uh, the nine principles mentioned, and the 10 steps we've mentioned, they're the things for people to do to not have vision problems. And by the way, if you see 2020, is there a reason for you to not see 2010? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, 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 if if you're able to walk a mile, don't want you don't you want to be able to uh, run a mile? Or if you can walk five miles, don't you think you'll do better if you can also run them? So the point is, improving your capacity to function is very important. Would you like to add anything before I ask you my final technical question, Mayor? So. The important thing for us is to know that the medical profession is dead set on telling us that vision cannot improve. And that's why if uh, somebody called me and he wanted me to work with his wife, but his wife said, what well, the neuro-ophthalmologist does not believe doesn't exist. But the establishment of the medical profession is wrong. And in fact, when generations from now, they'll discover that they're wrong, they will learn that 90% of eye illness is a result of neglecting our eyes, of not giving them the ability to adapt to the, to the light and to the night, to rest properly, to be nurtured properly with the exercise we call palming, we do with our hands. We, we, we need to learn that we can improve our eyes. Once we accept that that dogma is incorrect, and Valeria, I'll tell you a joke, you know, I have a T-shirt that says, my karma ran over my dogma. Yeah. <laughs> so once we learn that dogma is incorrect, uh, then let's give ourselves the space to work on seeing better. We'll be happy for it. Thank you so much, Mir, for your mission, your message, your beautiful work, healing work. You're an inspiration to all of us. 
to me, for sure. <laughs> I think of you every time I have some eyes issue and I try to practice some of your exercise and I see that I'm impatient about it. And I'm like, oh, where's May? I have to talk to him. And my husband, too, he's having a lot of eye issues, but that's another issue. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? So please get to our website, uh, www.self-healing.org. Call us at 415-665-9574. You can see that we have wonderful reviews on Amazon with all the books that they have. Uh, and the uh, uh, video programs that they have of me. So uh, I'm very, very happy with how our customers are viewing us and how our students are viewing us. And so again, uh, contact us to uh, through self-healing.org, write to office manager at self-healing.org and you will be answered. Thank you so much again and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Mir Schneider and his work, please visit self-healing.org. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. Bye.